and pressing play. It really doesn't take much to think of a new idea. Action and execution, however, is where the magic truly happens. But what does that mean? How do you turn an idea into reality? This is Steph George and welcome to the Creators Podcast, where we explore the strategies and mindsets behind people who take action on their ideas and bring them to life. In this episode, I talk to Laura Hall, co-founder of Helio, an advertising marketplace that is changing the way that we buy media by making media accessible for every business, no matter how big or how small they are. We'll hear how Laura and her co-founder Peter built another business from scratch, which then gave them the capital that they needed to build Helio. Let's get into it. When I was finishing school, I had no idea, like most people out, what I wanted to do. So when it came to going to university, I thought, well, if I'm going to go to uni, then I'm going to pick a a degree that's going to look great on my CV. So I thought, right, well, I'm going to study law. So there was never any real, I guess, passion for wanting to be a lawyer or a solicitor. It, It was more for me about, well, you know, I'd really love to learn more. And as I was getting towards the end of the degree, I was actually really starting to enjoy it. But I thought, it's a big decision. I might take a year out and just work, travel the world a little bit. And then if I'm still feeling like I want to go for it, I'll, I'll come back and, and actually train to be a barrister. Like most people do, they take the year off, they go out into the big wide world. And all of a sudden, um, you hear by my accent, I'm from um, the UK originally, um, came traveling over to Australia. But I also fell into sales. And of all the sales to do, I fell into door to door sales. So I went from studying law to dragging a suitcase on wheels around the streets of the south of England and South Wales. It was just something that it was crazy. It was hard work. I was working seven in the morning till seven at night, but I loved it. And I just had this knack for sales. I suppose I had the gift of the gab, which I was lucky enough to get from my father. And um, that led to me then um, having a career in sales. And after coming to Australia, I fell into ad sales, which is where my journey in out of home advertising and and selling ads across all sorts of different channels began. So I started off selling out of home advertising on billboards and major events across the country. I worked in the trenches as an account manager doing that for a few years, then went on to be the sales director of of other companies and then got the itchy feet, was tired of of making other people a lot of money. And, And then in 2011, I convinced my husband as well to to take the jump and we both decided why don't we see if we can go out there and build our own out of home sales agency and and so it was one of those one of those moments in time where we've been talking about it for months we were approaching well I was approaching my 30th birthday and so I had that whole oh gosh I always thought I'd have my own business by the time I turned 30 and so came home poured a glass of wine wrote the resignation letter and just went it's now or never and literally yeah handed that in gave a three-month notice period so it gave me time to get used to the idea as well um, and then went out and started media seed which as i said was a, a sales representation agency where we uh, looked after other media owners inventory so selling ads on big screens at events on billboards on the roadside and actually putting up our own events as well around different cities for different sporting um, fan zones, which was which was really good fun. Those three months were they were a mixture of uh, feeling terrified and having that obviously nervous excitement coming with it as well. The leap, that exhilarating moment when you have a business idea, but committing full time means taking on major risks. Getting a startup off the ground can leave you vulnerable emotionally and financially, especially for those without a safety net. But at the time, if you don't take the leap, 
Your dreams of autonomy may never be achieved. Preparation is key. During those three months, it was time for us to go, okay, right, well, we didn't have a name for the business. All we knew was what we were going to do. We hadn't put any savings to one side. It was literally going to be a case of leave one job, get the laptop on the mobile phone and move straight into the next job. That process was a case of getting used to the idea, starting to register business names or find the business name to begin with and then register the business name. So just getting bits and pieces set up, ready to go. The three months notice was a really good period of time. You can be smart about how you do it. I actually said to to the owner of the business, look, I don't want to leave you in the lurch. I want to give you the three months notice. Some people might not be able to work out that amount of time. They may not allow it, but if you can do that, it just gives you that, that time to really get used to it and just get everything lined up, ready to go. So you just got to have a a good think about all of those things before you do write the letter Mm -hmm. to resign and just make sure you've got all your your ducks in a row before, before you make the leap. I'd worked with quite a few people across the industry, different events holders. And because I'd always made a point of of keeping in touch and and just keeping the relationships that, you know, in a great space, the phone started to ring over the course of, I suppose, the next 12 to 18 months. So we started out building our own events to actually, you know, generate some revenue and, and create our own name out there. I'd been in the industry for so long. My black book became more like a yellow pages by the time I got to that stage. Being able to, you know, it was still back in the day where everything was a cold call. I'd pick up the phone and speak to clients and it was just carrying on as I always did and just saying, hey, look, you know, it's um, I've come out and we've got a, a new business. We've got the same same great properties and events and things that we can offer you. And because that trust was already there, people would, were quite happy to just deal with me as they were, as if I was, work, you know, working with a business that I had been or that was six or seven or eight years old. It didn't seem to matter so much that it was a company that was only two or three months old. The trust was already there. So definitely having that black book to call upon in the beginning was, was yeah, was reassuring that we weren't literally starting a brand new business in an industry that we didn't know anything about. There was comfort in knowing that, you know, I was picking up the phone to people that, that already knew me uh, and liked and trusted as well. I think in startup land, that's a given, you know, you're not going to be making a huge profit from, from the outset, you know, unless you, you, you are one of these incredible companies that that cracks it from, from day one, you know, you, there's going to be a lot of hard work. There's going to be a lot of doing things because you need to do it to, to get experience, to build the reputation. The, the first 12 months of any business, I think you've, you've got to be prepared for the fact that you're going to be, yeah, you're going to be in the trenches. It's not going to be glamorous. You know, I'm in, I'm in the trenches again for the second time round at the moment. I have about 13 plates spinning around me at any given time. And that's just the way, the way that it is in startup life you know when you're a small team so you've got to have a mindset and you've got to you've got to be willing to put in the long hours and and the hard yards with it because you'll just burn out it just yeah it's it's too tough a road to take if you're not mentally ready for that we built a representation agency so we didn't own any of the assets that we represented so for us you know we never we never thought that we'd get a knock at the door and that you know we weren't for sale when when we had the conversation it was we went to a meeting that we thought were going to be was going to be about a set of sporting rights and walked out half an hour later saying did they just ask to buy our business it was literally one of those 
did that really just happen moments? And so, yeah, it was, it was crazy. I mean, the good thing for us was that we had longevity in contracts, which was appealing. So although we didn't own any of the inventory that we were selling, we had um, contracts that were, you know, three, four, five for the rights that we did sell. So, you know, I guess to an acquirer coming in, that was what made it attractive. Plus, you know, a great, great established sales team, great culture and, and, you know, great reputation in market as well. So, it was, you know, the idea for Helio, we'd actually already started to work on when we had Media Seed. So when when the acquisition happened, in a way, it was exactly the, the push that we needed to say, right, okay, well, time to stop thinking of thinking small and thinking about agency level. You've now got the opportunity to actually grab Helio with both hands and, and just go and get it done before somebody else does. And that is how you take the leap and go after an idea. When you get the opportunity, you just go for it. But how do you just go for it? What do you do? What do you need to be doing in that first year? What about when you're doing it the second time around? Are things different then? The idea for Helio came before Media Seed, if I'm honest. I, I've got a Filofax here with me. Well, I always remember the moment I was sitting in a sales meeting when I was still sales director of another company. And I drew this huge light bulb and put the time and the date and everything because it was around the time that lastminute.com had just come out for hotels. And I was sat there thinking, imagine if there was a a website where you could, you know, lastminuteadvertising.com, because, you know, in in the advertising industry, there's always so much leftover ad space. And once it's gone, you know, you can't you can't on sell that. So it's not like a retailer that can always sell off, you know, clothing until it's gone. It can go on sale for however long when advertising is missed, it's missed and you can never recover that. So it started to burn probably a good 10 years ago, but it was very early on in the piece, you know, um, the industry was evolving. And so we we did a lot of work on it in the early days. Helio has gone by many names <laughs> before we landed on Helio. But yeah, we we actually, as I said, we, we registered the business whilst Media Seed was still operating. And we had to go through that um, stage of actually understanding what it would mean to build a marketplace for advertising. It's complicated because it's not just like a booking.com or an Airbnb where it's hotels or it's apartments or it's, you know, it's a particular type of product. Advertising, there are there are so many different channels that we knew to build something like that was not only going to be mammoth, but it was going to take a serious investment to to build a piece of tech that would be able to manage all of that different inventory. And it it was going to be a long, a long journey, you know, marketplaces, the whole demand and supply, the chicken and egg, it's not something that happens quickly. And so we we took our time just understanding how it would work, how we'd have to build it, you know, what we need to do and, and, and all the steps that went with that. And then of course, obviously, when the business was acquired, and we exited that we had our, our moment in time to say, okay, well, we've got some capital behind us. We've got the time and space to actually bunker down and start developing the product because, of course, for the first year, we couldn't go out and do much because we didn't have anything to sell. We simply had something that needed to be built. So both Peter and I, my co-founder, consulted for a little while behind the scenes whilst we were building it and starting to have conversations with media sellers and interviewing, etc. And then February this year, 2021, was when we were finally product ready, MVP ready to go. And we launched that out to market then. So we, I guess we were initially solving a problem that that we had experienced for such a long time. So we knew that on the media seller, so on the seller side of the platform, there was definitely a need because there was so much leftover advertising. 
And the reason that we had a sales representation agency was to assist with third party sales for the sellers that were struggling. So we knew that there was a, a pain point there that needed sol solving for the sellers. So it was important then for us to understand, well, is there a demand? You know, will people actually go out there and, you know, want to go and find advertising? So we went through a, an accelerated boot camp and, you know, we went out there and interviewed a lot of uh, customers not just, you know, and we, and we didn't want this to just be about the big guys talking to the big guys. We wanted to democratize media and create a website where, you know, the um, local franchisee in a community or the local cafe or local real estate agent could buy the billboard that's at the end of the road or be on the bus that, that drives past their location every single day. And that it wasn't just about, you know, the Disney's, the Honda's, the Elsie's connecting with, with the media sellers. It was a way for other people to get access to that inventory. And so we talked to a lot of small business owners and just you know try to work out where their pain points were how they were marketing their business you know would they be you know interested in in a tool that could help them find other opportunities and so we we spoke to gosh close to probably about 100 different business owners most of which you know would use google and facebook because it was quick and easy they could do it on their phone they could do it at the end of the day you know we, facebook ads aren't the easiest to navigate but you know you can certainly have a red hot go and get something up and running but in terms of all the other media outlets there was no quick and easy way for them to get access to the information so they just didn't try and perception is everything. You know, they drive past a billboard and say, well, you know, if, if Allianz is on that or NRMA, then I'm not going to be able to afford to be on it. And so they just shied away from that. So we realized when we were able to start talking and educating those businesses that actually then, you know, a lot of these billboards aren't as expensive as you think. And you don't have to buy these big packages. You could buy them a week at a time or even a couple of days at a time. And, and we started to hear, you know, the feedback coming back that, wow, that would be amazing. And, you know, I also used Facebook groups. So I joined a lot of small business Facebook groups. And I, before, as we were building, said, look, hey, guys, I'm building a marketplace that's going to, you know, give you access to information, education on, on advertising, et cetera. You know, would this be something that would be useful for you? And the feedback I was getting through the different groups there was really positive. You know, I had media buyers saying, wow, I used to work at a media agency. This would have been amazing if I could have, you know, literally put in a budget and a location and found things that I wanted to, that would work for my clients. And small businesses would say, hey, yeah, great. It would be great if it could do X, Y, Z and started giving us the ideas for different features and things. So, so yeah, for us, that was enough to say, well, there's something here, you know, we definitely know it's going to be a useful tool. And so we went ahead and said, right, well, let's get our MVP. Luckily, Jobs New South Wales have an MVP grant. So we managed to get access to some funding to help us build that as well. And but then there was also that gut instinct that I'd had from 10 years ago when I drew that light bulb. And I just, to me, uh, and, and we're early days, so we're still yet to be to be proven. But, I, you know, it's just... Everything else in life is so easy. You can book your hotel, you can buy your takeaway through Menulog, you can just do all these things so easily that why shouldn't advertising be that easy as well? You know, if you've got all the information there, why, why shouldn't it be a quick decision for you to also be able to, to buy a print advertisement in a paper or be in a, a coupon in, a, in an event somewhere or, or things like that? It shouldn't have to wait for a phone call from a salesperson or the barriers that exist today. So we've heard how Laura started a business sold a business, started a second business, but let's hear about the day-to-day -day operations, the frameworks that they have in place, the tools they use, and, and how they operate a team that's all over the world. 
Well, I'm an early riser and a super early riser at the moment because the birds are tweeting at 5 a.m. So I seem to be up and at it and at my desk sometimes by half six in the morning. My trusty pad and pen is always literally next to me wherever I go. If I go down to make a cup of tea, I still take the, the pad and pen with me wherever I go. The problem with a startup is quite often you can structure your day or you can plan your day to, to go one way. And then something will happen and then you'll be thrown off and you've spent five hours doing something else because, you know, you've got to do all the things. So we've just we've got our development team that are based over in India. So we we have five or six over there and a couple of people now that just recently started in July with us here as well in accounts and, and growth. We've built our, our whole platform on Salesforce. So we all work out of the same CRM. So we've got that single source of truth, not only for the front end of the platform, but behind the scenes as well. We've got our communication channel, which is Slack. So, you know, around the world, that's where we all communicate. So all team members are on there. We've got our different channels for different things as well. So whether it's a new feature release, our general channel, you know, our marketing channels, whatever it might be, everybody's connected and can see what's happening at all times on there as well, so that we're all across that uh, too. And yeah, I mean, those are the, I guess, our, our real two core channels that, that that keep us moving and at the moment we are a completely remote team so my my growth manager we actually I met him in person twice when I interviewed him and then literally COVID hit for the second time so he's been remotely working ever since and so that's how we keep in touch you know every day and of course we've got our online video platforms so you know Google Zoom all the rest of it there but but yeah Salesforce and Slack are our, are our two key channels that we pretty much manage everything through. We always um, we're mindful that there would be grants available for for tech, and you know there you know we've been a member of Sydney Startups Facebook group, so you learn a lot as you go. So I think being you know getting ready to start a tech platform, you start subscribing to all the different newsletters and and all the different groups that you can be a part of. So we we learned that the, the MVP grant was available, so it it wasn't a, a dead set given that anybody would get it. So you know it did take us a little while to go through the application. We actually got a grants advisor to help us with that just to make sure you know it was all it was all laid out as it should be but the process was 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 really good we applied i think before christmas and we had it in the january the notification in the january come through that that we that we got it and that's um, a $25,000 matched funding investment that you can get from Jobs New South Wales. So I believe it's still running. I haven't haven't checked for a little while, but yeah, you just got to be able to prove that you've got the same level of funding to match what they give you. And that got us to, yeah, that got us to our first MVP and was a great support. Took the pressure off feeling like we were putting everything into something, you know, knowing that we had a bit of government support behind us there. Where we're at now is that we, we're going to be going through a fundraising um, exercise shortly. We, you know, with with marketplaces, they they certainly, as you said, don't happen um, overnight. There's going to be um, rapid scale and growth needed, and and we need to build out the team now to really start ramping up across Australia. And we've got a bit of a brand refresh coming through shortly as well. So we're getting to the stage where you know we've got repeat customers coming back. People are starting to to see it as a as a useful tool for finding what they need. And so yeah, it's about us really just expanding now and, and putting our foot down. And, and bringing bring more and more partners onto the platform and, and educating the communities out there. So we've heard how Laura got to this point, and now the focus is on the big project, which is Helio. So what is Helio? What does it mean to be democratising media? And what problem is Helio solving? 
as I said, the platform has really been designed for businesses, big and small, that really want transparent access to this information. And so we've got a journey ahead of us to really help the smaller SME buyers understand the ins and outs of buying the different media types. And hopefully we're going to make that a far more simpler journey for them to come and do that all with Helio. It'll essentially become what we like to call uh, the Expedia for media. And when a user lands on the homepage, they'll instantly have all the search tools they need to find what they're looking for, see the listing information and make that decision quickly and easily. And there are lots more features that we've got in the pipeline that we want to bring through. But essentially, the marketplace is now up and running and we'll start to evolve that and bring in subscriptions and pro user subscriptions where there'll be lots of bells and whistles to save searches, build campaigns. And we've also just recently integrated the platform with Canva as well so that our buyers can actually come straight through after they've booked their media and design it on Canva if they want to, really helping to complete that whole loop for a buyer. So it's not just a case of, you know, I've bought an advertisement, what do I do now? Well, you know, there are lots of free tools out there where you can design yourself or, or brief design communities, etc. So it'll really be building it out so it becomes the hub for a business to want to book and manage all their media through. So Helio is a big idea and requires a lot of focus. But how do you keep other ideas at bay? Do you still pursue other ideas? And... How do you choose which ideas to go after? The focus doesn't drift with Helio because we've got, you know, we've got such a hue for it and it demands every single moment of our time right now. But certainly when I exited our previous business, I had a, a year of, yeah, all the ideas coming. I think I registered another three domain names for ideas that, that I've got. And there is one idea, which I won't talk to you about now, but completely couldn't be any further away from what I do in advertising, more in the retail scene. But an idea that I have for down the track when the Helio journey's up and running, I can potentially have a dabble in another area. And I think, I think that's, yeah, I think when, if you're an entrepreneur and you've got that spirit about you, you're always going to have, oh, wouldn't that be great if you could do something this way or, oh, nobody's doing that. And, and they say, you're not an entrepreneur unless you own about a hundred domain names and they can, they can bankrupt you. Every month I seem to get a crazy domains notification to say, you know, your domain is expiring. Are you going to renew this one? So I have to start making a call now to go, well, do I think I'll really make that, you know, build that one down in the future. And so, yeah, it's, I had my moment of that. And I think, I think, you know, there's always going to be opportunities like that. But certainly at the moment, you know, Helio is the legacy piece for us. It's the passion project. It's the it's it's the one thing that I've thought about every night when I go to sleep and every morning when I wake up for the last decade or more. And so, yeah, it's it's what gets us out of bed every day. And we, we won't rest until Helio becomes a household name, not just here in Australia, but but globally one day. Thanks for joining me along with this week's creator, Laura Hall, co-founder of Helio. If you found value in this episode, please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave me a rating. Even better, tell a friend about the show. I love meeting curious people who are taking action on their ideas. Let's connect. You can find me, Steph George, on LinkedIn or Twitter. See you next time.